Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome back to this beautiful day, this episode of the Enneagram 3 podcast, where I talk about being an Enneagram 3 and the real-life day-to-day experiences of an Enneagram 3. If you're not familiar with the Enneagram, it is a, um, I would say, a spiritual typology personality test. You can go to EnneagramInstitute.com and take the test, read up on the different types. There are nine types. And I am a three, which is called the achiever, the performer, the attention seeker. Our, let's say our vice is vanity slash self-deception, lying. And our virtue is, as I said, yeah, to achieve. We're called the, in terms of spiritual language, I believe we are the, maybe, I think it's the goodness of God, or maybe it's the glory of God, I believe. And so, and and that can sound presumptuous. The point is that every one of us has the image of God in us, and we display that in different ways. And so... And not only am I an Enneagram 3, and I talk about that here in this, in this podcast, but I'm also a one-to-one, or what's called a sexual one-to-one, or a sexual Enneagram 3, which means that people like me connect one-on-one with people, versus the three types or subtypes are social, self-preservation, and sexual or one-to-one. So the social type is the one who connects with groups or with larger teams or with many people socially. Self-preservation are those who are more inward-focused, and then the the one-to-one or the sexual are the ones that are more one-on-one. That's why it's called one-to-one or sexual. And so in this podcast, I coach, I teach to help people, especially in transition, that are going from, let's say, their younger life to a more adult life. Perhaps they're going from adult life into midlife, and they, they could also be people that have been through some sort of change in their lives. It could be a divorce. It may be a career uh, change. It could be just a mindset shift that's happening. Maybe something physically where they want to be a better version of themselves, be a better person. And they feel that they're not sure exactly which way to turn or which way to go. And so I help people to discover who they really are, discover their kind of their way, or not discover, but to find their way through this very turbulent season, which is which are transitions. And that comes from my own experience. I have transitioned, and I'm in the middle of moving from a more traditional path that I've had for many years, and to a more mosaic, to a different kind of career path especially, while still holding on to my faith and the values that we all hold, such as love, commitment, and family, of course, loving God, putting Jesus first in everything we do. So I offer different uh, services, and we'll talk about that at the end. But what I wanted to talk about today is just as an update, what do you do when there is health concerns in your family as an Enneagram 3 health issues? So As I have said and shared before, my wife's father, my father-in-law, Dr. Dennis Baker, he's been dealing with a lot of uh, cancer issues for the last 10 years or so. And this week, he had a different complication, not different, but or new, but a complication on previous things. And so he's in the hospital. And so we're actually going to be up there here soon to help and to support him at this during this season 
and he's having surgery, I believe, is this week. So please pray for him. But how do Enneagram 3s... My wife, by the way, is an Enneagram 1, and so they call them the reformers or the perfectionists or the improvers. And so I joked with her that my wife's, Rochelle's, uh, kind of uh, response to stress is usually to want she wants to move in with her dad for a year <laughs> and then we joked about how other people may want to keep to their schedule and other people may want to leave the country <laughs> and i think for me as a three as a one-to-one heart type see we we the threes are in the heart triad two threes and fours we're all heart driven and and so for me as a one-to-one three which people say we're the most I guess, feeling-oriented, and I believe that's true. I'm also a three-wing four, I think. The four is called the creative, the creative or the, the, uh, the individualist, I believe. Yes, I think that's, uh, or the artist, I guess. But anyway, as a one-to-one, what happens to me is fear. I worry about the load. I, I act very much like a five. Will this be too much to handle? Not so much for me, but on my wife. And it really, it's a lot of a self-preservation type thing is, will I now have to take care of my wife even more than usual? And it's not a selfish thing. I mean, I'm here and I'm all for it. I'm going to go probably and move in with my father-in-law if that's necessary. But it's just the initial response to stress. It's not the spiritual response or maybe the second minute or the second hour response or the second day or the second week. But it's the initial response, which we're always trying to be aware of so that we can manage those emotions and those reactions and those feelings and those thoughts. So normally my first response, as I said, is fear and worry over, can we handle this? What's my wife going to go through now? And what does that mean to me? As, as I said, the whole self-preservation comes out of us. And we all have three types. We all have the three subtypes. We all are social when needed. We all are self-preservation when in danger. And we all are one-to-one when it comes to relationships. And so, and I think that I am, um, in terms of my stack, they call it, meaning what's first, second, and third. I believe I'm one-to-one first, and then second, probably self-preservation, maybe social, I'm not sure. I think maybe self-pres, and then social being the last one. And so, now, what happens in the second hour, as I like to call it, after I react with self-preservation and fear is... I then turn to logic. And so after I listen to my wife last night cry and, and go through her process, then I turn to logic. We had a meeting with dad on the phone, or the, the three sisters did, and I was listening in. And then, um, yeah, there were some concerning things that we heard in that call. But I turned to logic to help my wife logically to think about, okay, here's what's next. Here's what I heard. Here's the good news. Here's some things that are concerning that we need to pray for and then to reach out to people to pray for for us for dad and then to come up with a plan being that we are going up there and just committing to the fact that we're going and then just keeping things loose holding them loosely uh, praying this morning we got up in the morning about 6 a.m like we normally do and have coffee time it's a tradition we've had for almost 30 years where we pray together and we read our devotional together jesus calling and we prayed and we talk a little bit about kind of how to process what's happening with dad and, and our feelings and our reactions. Rochelle, as I said, is a one and she's in the body triad. So she will react. She will do something that'll be she won't be in her feelings. She won't be in her thoughts. She'll be in her doing. 
and then often then I try to help her with feelings and with thinking to balance out that reaction, which a lot of times is very important. For example, wanting to go see her dad right away. That's the right thing to do. I just simply am there to help to think about, okay, when and how, and, and is, that, is this the right time, meaning today versus next week? And just being there for her to support her as my dear friend, Water Walker, shout out to Larry. He was saying that my role is to support my wife in these times. And as a three, that comes very natural. Just as, as a husband, as a man who loves my wife, that comes natural because obviously it's what we're here to do as men to provide, to protect, to be present. The three P's, as I like to call them. And so that's where my mind goes is how can I protect my wife? How can I help her? Her love language is also, uh, in terms of the love languages, the five love languages, is acts of service. So um, putting air in her tires, uh, doing the dishes, uh, grocery shopping, doing laundry, all those things that are the things that weigh most on her because she is a doer and she feels that weight on her shoulders on top of working and her dad, et cetera, et cetera. Then those are the things that <clears throat> I do. And I also empower or rally the kids to make sure that they're also helping the house and therefore my wife with those with those things so i think the other part of the three the achiever is that today also right after we had our coffee time and prayed is i went back to my my indeed and my churchstaffing.com websites to go over all of my jobs that i'm applying for and keeping up with uh, messaging the people and i have a couple of zoom calls today and i had a zoom call yesterday just staying on top of all those things as a three, as a provider, as a man, as a, as a husband, as a breadwinner, to stay on top of that while balancing my entrepreneurial adventures and pursuits as a media and music and coach mogul. And so continuing to keep that going. I have a couple of sessions this week. And so, but holding it all loosely, as I said, even the verse that we read about is that we have to in, in everything that we do that we have to always give glory to God and we always have to just uh, know that he will do and he will 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 accomplish exceedingly abundantly beyond anything that we could ever dream or imagine and so trusting that God is the one who's going to do even more than what we expect that the miracle is already on its way with dad that we are like my friend Joey was saying shout out to Victoria's Records and Joey, he was saying, I'm already praising God for the good report. And, and that really is the right attitude to have. And I'm already praising God for the great report that we're going to have with Dad Baker. But as far as the achiever, that's part of uh, what we as threes can do is to accomplish great things. And so another thing that is, I don't think it's uh, something that's weighing on my wife's shoulders, but it's our Christmas lights. And, you know, as men, we normally put them up. And so normally she does it. She loves the lights, her and our son, David. But uh, this year, so today I'm going to go to Lowe's and just get some lights that are for the lawn, kind of uh, outdoor lights, and just pick them up and, and get them out there so that our house, and really more than even just a house, our whole demeanor, just our mood, right, can be even brighter. And we have our trees and the house is fully decorated. But our lights, I'm not going to expect, of course, my wife to be out there tonight with all that's happening with her dad so that's part of what a three does take care of business achieve a lot of things at the same time do great things to um yeah just to be awesome <laughs> and it's really natural for us threes and it, now i would say the the balance to that is the idea of rest so 
I did sleep well, but I'm not exercising. It's been now a week or so since I lifted weights and went for a walk. I need to do that today, even though I'm looking at my schedule and thinking, man, I probably need to do that right away here soon before it gets too late. There is an amazing soccer game today at 11. So things like that are on deck. But I think, of course, rest, exercise, eating healthy. I think I'm eating better. I did have a, a carne asada burrito last night, so that wasn't the best. Uh, choice although it was tasty as you can imagine but so yeah i'm still battling some of those things but continuing to move um, forward with that with diet and exercise and fasting and all those great things drinking lots of water i already had my cup of water big cup of water my coffee i need to have some vitamins probably need to go for a walk or a run etc and so as far as deceiving and always kind of as I like to call it the, the lie meter, the lying meter, the self-deception meter, where am I deceiving myself? Maybe in some of these jobs, I had a, a Zoom call, as I said yesterday, and I wonder if that really isn't me, even though there is a possibility there. But I'm also thinking, well, that is some money that's there. I think I can accomplish the task pretty easily. It isn't a nine to five. It's more of an entrepreneurial idea, which I don't really need another entrepreneurial play to spin. But if there is something that is more consistent where I just where I do just have a job, even if it is five, six hours a week, then I would rather do that at this point. So that's part of the deceiving. Is that really me? Is that really something I want to do? I also applied to a couple of other jobs even this morning. And there was this one that deals with youth, with not not kids, but uh, with uh, young adults. And I think it was like outreach. And so that one, that one felt good. There's a bunch of others that I'm like, okay, come on now. What are, what are you doing there? So that's part of the deception. Whereas maybe some people like the ones who are very right and wrong types, they would never even apply to something that they don't want or that it's just not what they're into or they qualify for. The threes, we tend to, as I said with my favorite, with a famous high school story, we want we want to get every girl, all the girls. <laughs> you got to go back and listen to this ep- to the first of this Enneagram 3 season episode where I talk about my high school story. So because we are that way, we want to get all the jobs, even if even if it's something like an electrician for me. I'm not an electrician. I don't do that or, I don't know, plumbing. And yet, in our minds, we can get any job possible and we can accomplish anything, which is true. But there are some things that just aren't us and we shouldn't be doing. So that's where I think my lying or my self-lying or deception comes can be, can come out. How do I live in my truth? Well... As I've said, my truth is that I want to do what I'm doing to be a media and music and coaching mogul to build a million dollar company through music and media, especially and and exclusively for Christian thought leaders to get our message out in the middle of so much violence and hate and suffering and pain and loneliness and all that's happening locally, nationwide, globally. So that really is my my focus now speaking of focus i have a couple of podcasts that i'm producing and even though it's not a lot of money right now there is some income and i'm already thinking of how can i outsource the editing of this podcast of the video part and i have a friend who i know can do it if i pay him a few bucks so i'm already thinking back to my truth how do I think, uh, you know, as I said, the money could be a little tight, but even if I only get half of what I'm getting paid and give him half, 
that probably is the best choice because I know he'll do it faster. He's so much better. The quality will be so much better. And even if I have a little less money for me, it's going to scale this podcast. It's going to scale the quality of the podcast that I'm producing and it's going to bring in more customers later down the line. So I'm pretty convinced and I'm, I'm pretty much already there that I need to outsource that video editing part which I've known for years that it's the not only is it the thing that stresses me the most as far as time and but the reason it stresses me the most because I'm not very good at it it's just not where my brain goes in terms of editing video there are people that truly are creatives and they can do it just no problem and so I think I'm going to do that I'm still hesitating a little bit only because of the money but I know wisdom says don't worry outsource it get a better product back it's off my list I can do more of what I love to do my zone of genius I like to call it versus my zone of average or even excellence I don't think I'm excellent at editing video but it's worth it and so that's where my mind is going so I think that's the update so far as an Enneagram 3 1 to 1 and as I said if you are someone speaking of what I offer that you're in a similar boat and you want someone to guide you through it who maybe is just one or two steps ahead of where you're at, then I'm here to help. Maybe you see what God has done with our family. My wife and I married almost 30 years, 27 to be exact, 28 here in August. And what, uh, how God has blessed us with, with these three kids and our commitment to having a strong marriage and a strong family. If you if you feel like you want uh, some of what God has given us as far as the fruit of our of his labor and of our work, then I would love to be a coach to you. I offer $100 sessions once a week or 75 twice a week, which is what I recommend for most people, especially the first probably six months, so they can really get that growth and those gears moving in the right direction. So you can just email me, text me all the infos at the bottom of this video so we can get started, especially right now before the end of the year, so we can get at least one session in through Zoom, phone call, um, text. Uh, that's not really effective, but we can even text. Of course, we can meet for coffee. We can meet one-on-one. -on -one. We can meet here in my studio. I can come to your work. I can meet at a park. But to get started, on that's maybe whatever transition you're going through, you're also wanting to either start a side business or a side hustle perhaps it's something more in your relationship uh, with your ex with your with a future wife a future husband maybe it is a career um, change that you're going through like I went through two years ago a year and a half ago and you are saying I need some guidance I need some tools I need just some encouragement to keep going down this path that's really what I am I'm an encourager with tools I use three different uh, instruments the uh, Enneagram as I mentioned which really helps you understand why you do what you do and how to change accordingly second is the Sedona method which really talks about ending suffering and then I use the um, L life coaching life coaching school LCS method life coaching school which is called the model which is very powerful in terms of how our thoughts create our feelings and how to get a hold of our thoughts in Christ and everything, of course, in the context of faith in Jesus, of biblical deliverance, spiritual healing, which is really the foundation of everything we do. And then maybe another tool that I have been using a lot, actually, with people in their 30s and maybe 40s, maybe even 50s, is the happiness curve, which is a tool that I use, an instrument, a tool that I use to help. First, it helped me three, four years ago. And now I teach this 
this uh, tool or I, I use this tool to help people that are transitioning that feel like they're unhappy right now that they used to be really happy a year two three five years ago now they're going through this very unhappy season but yet they know that happiness is coming but how do you get through this transition as i call it or as joseph campbell likes to call it the atonement in terms of the hero's journey it's what jesus went through at gethsemane how do we endure the cross for the joy set before us even though there is pain in the night gosa comes in the morning how can you do this well so that you don't lose perspective and, and lose your life? I don't mean physically, but lose maybe all that you value, all that you love, all that you, or it could be your life even. This obviously is, is a very serious topic. And so I'm here to help you, support you. You can just uh, click on the links below. Follow me on Instagram at David Trigg. You can DM me there, message me, text me, call me, whatever it may be. Email me even, trigg at davidtrigg.com so we can set up a meeting here this week and get going with coaching. So thank you again for being here and I will see you next time. Adios.